Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at COSI. Don't miss Titanic the Artifact Exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic Grand Staircase. Tickets for Titanic The Artifact Exhibition are on sale now. Book your voyage at COSI.org. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, let me just jump back into the, the front seats. We got nobody riding shotgun today. It's just the two of us. How's the song go? Just the two of us. That should have been the intro. Should have been. It's Valentine's <laughs> Day. We just couldn't let anyone come between us. You know, it's just me and you. It's just, That's definitely uh, why. Yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> our, uh, our teased guest for today uh had an illness and uh could not make it we will reschedule said tease guest in the meantime you're stuck with us but we got lots of good Steelers stuff to talk about mm-hmm. less nonsense maybe today less nonsense I don't less know. nonsense it definitely would have been a lot of nonsense with the teased guest if he, yes, were joining absolutely. The, if he absolutely. or she were joining the show yeah. yes. um and i'm glad that i didn't know how you wanted to approach that i'm glad that we're not going to tell the people who it would have been she continued to tease it until they actually are oh yeah, yeah you gotta keep the tease um, going now you gotta you gotta keep it going yeah yeah, uh, I, I can't wait for, you know, to get your opinion on this and then said comments that will come from the audience of this show after we discuss it. Kevin Colbert talking about analytics, which I figured would be a great conversation. I would actually love to have him just like openly talk about it, like on a podcast, like a radio hit and get that and actually hear him like have a nuanced conversation about what his idea of analytics are, because uh, he f- says like they're overused in the game today. And I, and I think that, you know, he had a lot of the I, I, at least I saw from my 
personal Twitter feed, it was like a 50-50 split with people like agreeing with him or saying, oh, this is why the drafts have gone the way that they have, you know, since 2017. But I think for a lot of people, they confuse analytics and just lump everything that, it, that they think is analytical as to what PFF does. And that is their idea of analytics and their sole idea of analytics. Well, I just like the first thing I have to say is that like it's very rare that you get to cover one of these in real time. <laughs> it's very fun when your job is to, I'm actually making the newspaper right here with the headline as we speak. Yeah. So that's that's always good uh when you get to check one of those off your list. Um I'm mostly joking. I think this is an interesting and very nuanced conversation that does not lead itself well to like Twitter hot takes. And so this is actually a great topic of conversation for this podcast is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this podcast so we can talk about stuff like this. I think Kevin Colbert is both at the same time very right and at the same time deeply, deeply wrong. And I think it is very telling the story of me about his background, where he comes from, what made him good, and the ways that analytics apply to that seem to have, I'm projecting here, shaped his mm -hmm. view of all of them. And I think that is part of the problem here. So let's, 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 let's break down Kevin Colbert, the person, right? Kevin Colbert was a scout before he was general manager and he was a really, really good scout. He was one yep. of the best. Scouts, and that's what made him a general manager. And when he was a general manager, he carried on that tradition of being a really good scout. When you think about the Steelers under Kevin Colbert, the thing that stands out is their draft success and their ability to not just only hit with first rounders, but to find really good players deep into drafts as undrafted free agencies for a team that does not spend a lot of money or go to the free agency. Well, a lot to be able to hit big time, crucial guys like Jeff Harding, James Ferrier with Ryan Clark with, with a relatively uh, few number of attempts, great scouting. That's what defines the Kevin Colbert Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't really think that we can sit here in 2024 and say that analytics could have done a better job than Kevin Colbert did when he was doing that really well. Like it's, it's not about the numbers when you are talking about looking at college players, seeing how they're going to project to the NFL, looking at players in different schemes and see how they're going to be more useful in yours. Like can numbers help that? Absolutely. But that's not where analytics are useful. That's not where uh, most of the rest of the NFL is finding value in those tools. And so I understand why Kevin Colbert, from his lens, looks at these things and says, I don't really get it. Because the things that he specialized in, the things that made him great and a, a borderline Hall of Fame uh, executive, uh, he would not have been greatly added, aided by analytics in those ventures. That that was not what he was all about and what made him good. And so I understand why he sees this stuff and says, "Huh, I don't really get it." Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like I'm I'm going back now and kind of looking at like the full quote here. Thought at the end of my career with the Steelers obviously came into play. Used to encourage our younger scouts Keep me up to date. Tell me what I'm missing. We had analytics people used to challenge them. When you guys can measure the intangibles, let me know because that's the most important thing. Um, and I mean, it really is like, how many times have we seen, you know, a guy come in a uh, Devin Bush, right? Like looks the part runs fast. And it's just a total mess in the head, right? Like now that was a Kevin Colbert miss. So like, clearly, you know, um, I think we can all say fairly that the 
things didn't go f- as well for Kevin Colbert of the last, you know, four or five years of his career. There was, there was a decided downturn in the quality of the output there, but um, you know, it's all about, I think so much of that process is about the intangibles. It's about the person. It's about uh, how their work ethic, how they're going to fit in with your locker room, how they're going to take coaching. And, and, it's not even like a, a hit or a miss thing. Like, you know, the Steelers have a certain type of coaching staff. Mike Tomlin has a certain approach. Is this player going to be receptive to that approach? Does this coach, does this player need a different type of coach to have success? There's no analytics for any of that. That is all just about people reading and knowledge of the game and feel. And, and you can't replicate that with, with, with analysis. You just, you just can't, it doesn't I mean, can you like, so, so here's where analytics can make an impact in scouting, okay? We're going to scout if, – if, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's like, okay, we're going to scout Michigan in, per, in person, Ohio State, Penn State, Pitt, because they're close, Florida Florida State, you know, Alabama, Georgia, all that. We're going to go – we're going to send scouts to our games. We're going to send scouts to their practices. We're going to meet these people. We're going to have relationships with their coaches. Then we're going to pay close attention to them at the Senior Bowl and the Combine. We're going to come to consensus about these guys. We're going to do a really good job of understanding what those people are all about. Now, okay – are we going to scout um, the FCS at all? No, not really. Like not in person, right? Okay, we're going to send a couple scouts to maybe one or two pro days. We're going to send somebody as a token to the, uh, you know, HBCU combine. Uh, we'll go to the regional combine, but this is not something we're, we're we're putting all these resources in. So, like, could someone come up with an algorithm to sit here and say, like, hey, these are the kinds of FCS players that have success in the NFL? And let's make a tool to try to identify ones that we do want to spend our limited scouting resources at that level on getting to know. Yeah, absolutely. That's a way that analytics could help scouting. And um, uh, spoiler alert, what I just described the Steelers do. Um, that that is, is one of the ways that they use analytics mm-hmm. in their approach. Um, but so that all makes sense to me. Where he loses me is when he attempts to translate it to the field. I think that is where analytics actually do have significant value in terms of things like expected points, DVOA, applying game theory to the NFL as a sport. You can learn things using math about the way things have always been done and where the way things have always been done falls short of optimal strategy and being able to implement that can be a massive advantage for your team. And I do think the Steelers have largely missed out on that part of the, of the, of the football analytics revolution. Yeah. And I I guess that's kind of the other part of this. Uh, I don't think you can have any determination or certainty you can get, Hey, you should probably do this, but you as the coach or player need to be able to make critical decisions under pressure situations. He said, and I don't think there's any analytic that can measure that. I mean, I agree that you have to be able to make a decision under pressure mm-hmm. and in a short amount of time. And yeah. you have to be able to take into account the environment, right? You, you know, you have to know the health of your team, uh, who's playing well and who's playing poorly. Um, you know, what your strengths and weaknesses are. Do you have a call you really like? Do you not have a call you really like? All these things should influence play calling and decision making for a coach. But it's clear which coaches and teams are willing to do things that are that might be seen as unorthodox because the analytics say they're a better idea and which ones aren't, right? I mean, I, I think like like we can use the caveat of like, yeah, every once in a while you gotta just kind of know your team and know but, but like 
it's pretty clear which teams are willing to give this stuff a try and which ones are not, and that the Steelers have mm-hmm. largely been in the not category, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other part of this to me, though, is like, you know, his statement was about them being overused, but like nowhere in the statement do I see him give any credence to analytics. Like, it seems like it's just kind of crapping on them entirely. Like, where out well, of I that? Mean, I think he it was very telling that he kind of admitted that this stuff is beyond him. And then yeah. he's just kind of like too old to understand it, which I, you know, that's, um, that's a sign you got to go. I mean, if, if you're, uh, to, I try not to transfer football to real life, but like, this is one of those where like, if the technology and if you can't keep up with the technology involved in, in your profession, mm-hmm. then, you know, like I see reporters all the time that like, you know, can't understand Snapchat. I'm like, you can't be here anymore, buddy. Like that's, you know, like that's, this is, this is how the world works now. Like, Um, Mm -hmm. and so I I think that's, uh, telling and that he was willing to admit that. I mean, obviously it's easy once you've already made the decision to retire, but you know, I think that probably is a good sign that it was time, right? The thing I'm really curious about, and the thing that I guess we're not going to really know the answer to is what does Omar think and how different do we think uh, things are now that they've made a change in general manager and the way the organization is approaching this kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know Andy Weidel, at least for the time being, riding shotgun with Andy Weidel, Sheldon White, Mark Sadowski. All these guys came from different organizations, some of which we know are big proponents of analytics. I know Philadelphia is, uh, for Mm -hmm. one. So I'm very curious about that, and and we've seen a lot of turnover in the front office in terms of like scouts and 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 player personnel people, and I wonder if that's a part of this is is uh, bringing in people with a little bit of a different mindset about. Uh, the way that, to go about doing the job. Uh, before Kevin Colbert exited, he gave the Steelers one final first-round draft pick. That was Kenny Pickett uh, as we go into year three. Alan, last year I thought you did something interesting trying to project what year two would look like, and you know this is kind of going into some data too, so I'm not sure how Kevin Colbert would feel about this discussion we're, we're about to have. Um, but you, you took a look at what things could look like for year three Kenny Pickett and kind of projecting an outlook for what that could be. So we could have that discussion now and just like, how do you view what his year three could look like if things are going on track with the way they looked in year one, year two? Well, so yeah, let's, let's go back. And so last year I took mm-hmm. nine quarterbacks who had started as rookies and took the average of their change from their first year to the second year uh, and all recent guys, um, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Tua Tagovailoa, and Zach Wilson. Took their first year to second year change and just slapped it onto Kenny's and said, okay, what does it look like? And our projection, or my projection a year ago, was a passer rating of 82.4 and adjusted net yards per attempt of 5.3. Kenny finished with a passer rating of 81.4 and adjusted net yards per attempt of 5.29. So he basically came extremely close to what my projection based on that sample uh, anticipated that he would. Now, like, good for me because my numbers checked out. Not good for Kenny, right? Because I don't think anybody thinks that an 82.4 or 81.4 passer rating and 5.3 net yards per attempt are particularly good. So then the question becomes now, like, he lost his job. It looks like he's going to get it back. They're going to try to give him competition. What, what should we project for 2024? So I went back to the well and I lost David Smills from my sample because he lost his job, but I still have yep. those mm-hmm. other eight quarterbacks. And 
the bad news is the improvement from year two to year three was significantly uh, more or less pronounced than from year one to year two. It was basically mm. not much at all. I mean, if we add uh, the average improvement to Pickett's 2023 numbers, what we get for 2024, best case scenario is a pass. No, not best case scenario, but the most favorable, I would say, math way to go about things is a passer rating of 84.7 and a 5.6 adjusted net yards per attempt. So just a baby step forward. Um, I guess first glance, uh, what do you think of that? Like, does that track to you? Uh, Does that make sense? Was that in line with what you were maybe expecting to come out of this? In line, sure, but I'm trying. I, I'm just trying to figure out that actually surprises me that there's less of a leap from two to three than there is one to two, um, just because like you know more time in the league. I would have thought like year three is really when you start to set in more than anything else. Or is it because there's less of a leap to take? Like I, I don't know because I don't fully understand this. So is that potentially the reason, or like how does that? How do you think that happens? So yeah, I mean I think there's it's it's different for everyone, right? So like. A guy like Joe Burrow and Justin Fields, for example, made big mm-hmm. leaps from their first year to their second year, but then kind of stagnated after that, right? Joe Burrow actually got a little bit worse in his third year. Justin Fields, just a, a tiny, tiny bit better. Um, some guys did see that big uh, – Trevor Lawrence is also in that in that exact yeah. same boat. A big leap from year mm-hmm. one to year two, a little bit worse in year three. Some guys did see – minimal gain from year one to year two and then a big gain in year three that's guys like Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts right they they were only a little bit better their their second year compared to their first year but a lot better in their third year and like look this is not deterministic like it's certainly possible and in fact the samples suggest there's about a 25 percent chance that Kenny takes a big jump forward this year the problem is there's also about a 50 percent chance that he gets worse um, as Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones, and Trevor Lawrence were all worse in year three than they were in year two. And guys, uh, Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts were only just, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields were only just a little bit better in their third year than their second year. So this is to say that we really don't know. I mean, I, you know, this is all probability, but the most likely outcome is that he's not a lot better than he was last year. Yeah, man. And and this is it, right? Like this year is it for Kenny Pickett. Like if he, if year three goes the same way year two does, you know, there's already people that want to have this conversation. Like I, I, I've talked about it fully on here that I think that they should be looking around for possible uh, upgrades if they're out there. Um, but like, yeah, next year, I mean, can you imagine the conversations if Kenny does have a year three, that's looks like year two. Yeah. And now like, I don't know. It's kind of funny because like Justin Fields year three is not very impressive. And yet that seems to be a guy that a lot of people want to, to replace Kenny Pickett with. I mean, he basically had the year three that I'm projecting for Kenny Pickett <laughs> and like, you yeah, know, well, so I, think, I think, go ahead. Uh, so uh, go go no go ahead about fields because i think it's funny that no. like this is the guy that everybody's decided they wanted and mm-hmm. his mediocre year three is exactly the mediocre year three i'm projecting for kenny pickett that nobody seems to want i think one is like the the obvious like it's anybody but kenny like it's somebody else that Which already is understand here, like, because it's if- not like he was that i think i think it's been really overstated 
how bad he was. He was fine, but he wasn't awful. Like, I don't, I don't really understand that. And I think two is what fields the, like fields has a lot more splash to his game because of his legs. You so know what I think, I think like, it is? Those two combinations. I was talking to yes, our yeah. mutual, mutual friend, Joe on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's Madden and fantasy football. Justin mm, Fields okay. is a fun person to experience. Significantly improves him on Madden. Yeah. Madden and fantasy football. He he is he is more fun to root for than Kenny Pickett. I honestly think that's it. Because like as a quarterback, he's not very good. And and as a like he's the opposite of Kenny in terms of like fourth quarter ability and winning games and like the things that I not turning the ball over. Like he's bad at all that. He's splashed with no substance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, the end result is not very good. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's very interesting that that's the guy that the fan base has sort of settled on as like, oh, we need to have him. I, 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 don't, I mentioned I, don't really I had two points. It. I think I think I need to add a third one, though, too. We haven't even we haven't seen Kenny Pickett in Arthur Smith's offense, but a lot of people have talked about Justin Fields in Arthur Smith's offense. So I think like the allure around the idea of that is also probably playing into people's minds. Um, but I will say this, too. I mentioned this uh, when we recorded when Tyler and I recorded around the four and two last night um, was I. So I've been watching Fields a little bit more, obviously, like I watched him at Ohio State and everything but like watching him as a pro I really like Chicago's rarely on around here so don't always get to watch him but I've went back and watched some tape recently just because of like the Steelers being linked to him I don't know if there's a more frustrating player that I've watched actually like operate in the pocket like if there is I haven't watched a ton of them like in depth man it is it's brutal like obviously like I mentioned he has the splash plays that he can make with his legs watching him operate from the pocket is like Steelers fans would go nuts like he is basically I think the way that he plays a lot of the time is how Steelers fans view Lamar or viewed Lamar prior to uh, Todd Monken getting there it's um it's interesting because he's just he's like Kenny's worst traits taken to extreme added but 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 with elite athleticism like Steelers fans love to get mad about Kenny like spinning to his left to escape the pocket Yo, y'all are going to hate Justin Fields if you don't like that because this guy does all kinds of stuff like that. That is, in fact, his go-to like thing is that he just bails from clean pockets all the time just because. Like, I, he's the farthest thing from a, like, polished quarterback in the world. I, it's fine. I don't know. Like, I, if, if mm-hmm. they could get him cheaply, I don't think he's awful. I just don't think that he is – let me put it this way. I don't think there's any – um there should be very little confidence that he is a clear upgrade on Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, yeah, and especially when you consider he has been in multiple offenses already and Kenny hasn't. Right. I mean, like we've seen him in a couple different schemes and, and we haven't seen Kenny and anything other than with Matt Canada. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's reasonable hope that Kenny can be, better than the average projection I made. I, it is certainly a risk. It's a risk that they need to mitigate, that they, there needs to be a, a second option that can mm-hmm. figure to be at least pretty good if Kenny can't. But, um, man, I it's very stark to see, like, Justin Fields' number is not that good. Like, you know, I don't know. Here's the guy that everybody wanted. I'll be honest, even like Trevor Lawrence, like, 
Trevor Lawrence last year was not a lot better than Kenny Pickett was. I know. I mean, it was better, yeah. but not a lot better. And and I'm kind of holding him up as like one of the guys that that could be the standard uh, to follow. And it wasn't real pretty last year. And another guy, multiple offenses. And so, um, I I think I the one the two things I think that I'll take away strongly from doing this research. One is that it will be unlikely or less likely than not for Kenny to make some big leap into year three and become put himself mm-hmm. in the conversation with some of these other guys in terms of like a pro bowl caliber quarterback. That seems like a stretch. Um, I also think there, there isn't anybody out there that like is clearly not in that. Like, like what, like who is out there that is clearly not in that category? Um, Kirk cousins recovering from an Achilles injury was reported interest today of Mike Florio said on 93.7 The Fan, the Steelers, what exactly did he say? The Steelers camp has reached out or there's been some conversation. Uh, people close to Kirk Cousins have told Mike Florio that Cousins to the Steelers, in quotes, could happen and that they're a team okay. to watch. All right. I mean, sure. He also wants like $90 million guaranteed, which I don't think is he's <laughs> like coming off an Achilles injury at 35. Uh, um, You know, I don't know. Uh. Even Baker Mayfield, like you're basing all of that contract on one really good year. Uh, it's It was a good year, but it was still one really good year. And we've seen throughout this research, there's plenty of ups and downs here. I don't know. I, I don't think there is an obvious upgrade on Kenny Pickett where, where a guy who can come in, that the Steelers can get, that you would just immediately throw Kenny to the side and just be like, cool, glad we're done with him. This guy's clearly going to be better. I don't see that guy out there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, a lot of it is all, already fatigued, which is not good from Steelers fans. Like, they're just ready for something new. Um, a small sample size from Mason. Like, I just think that there's a lot of factors that play into this, why people are ready to, to move on. But again, you mentioned he hasn't even had, you know, he's played in one offensive steam, which everybody can agree. They wanted Matt Canada out of here, too. And they got their right. wish. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I if know. you want to be hopeful about Kenny Pickett, you look at Tua and you look at Jalen Hurts. And I mean, I think there's reasonable comparisons there to be made. Um, will it happen? I, you know, I don't know. Like it, you know, it just as easily could be Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. Yeah. Fell off a cliff. Um, actually, Zach Wilson got a little Mac, bit. I think Mac, Mac Jones is kind of the one that I'm looking at personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Mac Jones continued to get worse. His best year was his rookie year. Um, but wait, so based off that, was was Kenny better in year one or year two? No, Mac Obviously, Jones was be- Mac Jones was better in year one and year two than Kenny Pickett, but got worse, worse, worse while Pickett's been going the other direction. Okay. Hmm. I mean, they're very close. Uh, Mac's year two was yeah. 84.8 passer rating, 5.36. Adjusted net yards per attempt. Kenny was 81.4 and 5.29. So very, very close. And then Mac's third year, well, worse than, than Kenny was last year. So. Mm-hmm. And another um, guy, multiple coordinators, yeah. you know. Yeah, yep. Said a lot of people around him that they've tried to to help fix that offense. Um, 
The last thing, not necessarily related to the Steelers, but like maybe it could be. Maybe that's what we're going to bring up and talk about. Steve Welch let go by the 49ers just after a Super Bowl appearance, number three total defense in football this year. Uh, Shanahan mentioned that he relieved him of his duties because it wasn't necessarily a schematic fit, um, which I've actually seen. Like I follow a couple of 49ers people. They're not even like they agree with the move. Um, they thought it was a weird fit. They're looking for somebody that can more so dial up the exotic blitzes and do things like that, as opposed to like Wilch experience on the back end of things. But Alan, we've talked about the idea of adding like a, you know, a senior defensive assistant or something like the Steve Wilch fit the bill there or no, because we were looking for somebody that kind of like what the 49ers seem to be looking for in their defensive coordinator would add some of the blitz package stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a perfectly ideal fit i think you'd rather someone that could be more like brian flores and bring that sort of front seven experience steve wilkes was a long time uh college defensive backs coach and then uh, with the bears mm-hmm. and chargers before the panthers where he was um defensive backs coach and then uh defensive coordinator and assistant head coach and, and all that stuff and then was the interim head coach there last year um also was the cardinals head coach for a year and i don't know Mm. Just about yeah, but uh, I don't know. He's he's the kind of guy you would want to target, right? Former, uh, you know, high level coach doesn't look like he's going to get a coordinator job. By the way, who are the 49ers going to hire? Like, it's late, late in the game to be firing a coordinator. Vrabel, I mean, he's out there. It's not a lot of other obvious candidates, like, it's it's Mm-mm. kind of no, um. Nick mentioned the one uh, from the college ranks, but I saw that he got, I can't remember where, where it was that he got hired actually. <sighs> Jim Leonard that I thought was like an outside the box candidate. I know he got hired somewhere though. Somebody hired him as a position. Coach. Uh, yeah. Denver? Yes. Yep. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it, specifically because they're kind of throwing out there what they're looking for from the defensive coordinator too. Like, I don't know. Somebody outside of Rabel doesn't like, jump out to me brandon staley oh boy yeah back on the west coast that's Hmm. that's the only other one that kind of like i know he's available um Mm -hmm. that that's that's the one that could kind of fit how would you feel about brandon staley for the steelers I mean, you want to talk about analytics. I mean, that's that's a guy that would certainly bring some of that to the organization. Um, he does have that more like defensive line kind of experience, but I honestly just am not like a. I've never been impressed with his stuff. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He would certainly do. Um, was uh, another John Carroll coach, by the way. So that would like probably break the uh, NFL record for most <laughs> former John Carroll coaches on one staff. He's from Ohio. So, I mean, I, I guess you can make it work, um, but I don't know. It, it would be bad. I think that's a better fit than Wilkes. Um, yeah. I'm not well, sure. I'm You're not like handing him the keys, obviously, to anything like Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin. I'm just not sure head. of the personality fit with Mike Tomlin there. Okay. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, does I, Brandon Staley yeah. strike you as a guy that's gonna want to like take that kind of role to Mike Tomlin? I don't know. Doesn't, not, not sure that's gonna work. I, I don't know that Brandon Staley strikes me in any way. To be quite honest with you, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. 
anything that I do see come out of like the clips in the locker room. Yeah, certainly an odd. I, I, I don't know how else to say it other than odd personality that he gives off. But yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not. I wouldn't be jumping for joy at that. I, I think it, it could be interesting, but uh, I think Mike. Look, Mike Vrabel. They get Mike Vrabel. I mean, yeah. You sign up yeah. for that in a heartbeat. I just. I don't know if that's realistic, but that's. That's I just want to know, like, what's going on right now in Mike Rabel's day-to-day life. Like, is he waking up and having conversations with anybody, like, regarding employment? Like, what what is he doing right now on a day-to-day basis? That's what I want to know. Maybe he wants to do TV. I don't know. But, like, wouldn't there be some type of conversation? Like, I just haven't seen anything. Like, other than... Those um, guys' contracts just expired after the Super Bowl. Okay. So, TV, generally a little bit behind... Uh, the coaching realm. So that's, mm. that's, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, it doesn't strike me as a TV guy, but Bill Cowher didn't strike me as a TV guy either. And he's done, done it for a long time and very good at it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, the only thing that I've seen is uh, Luke Fickles telling him to come back to college rankings, be on his staff. That was the only time that I've seen somebody mention Mike Vrabel's name. So he did get an interview for one of the head coach jobs, didn't he? Did he? Sandy oh, did he? At the Chargers, maybe? Did he actually interview? Okay. He would be like the only, if, if, uh, if he didn't in Atlanta seemed to interview like everybody. He did interview a lot of candidates. He did interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the chargers. Yeah. Those are the two interview Atlanta and the chargers. There we go. Either way. Uh, I would absolutely love that. But, uh, anything else, Alan? I think that's it. Thank you to our guest Casper for riding shotgun with us on this episode. We get better fuel economy on this episode of the afternoon drive because <laughs> we don't have to haul a passenger around. Old old girls chugging along, running a little bit leaner today. There we go. Uh, Alan, tell the people they can find you at a Saunders underscore PGH PGH Steelers now SteelersNow.com. Uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Got a cool video up there with. Kansas, oh, Kentucky running back Ray Davis, who's told me at the Senior Bowl that Jalen Warren is his favorite NFL player. Jalen Warren, I was that's, that's insane that, that Jalen Warren is now to the point where he is people's favorite NFL players. And I'll tell you what, Ray Davis is like if you if you want to like split the difference between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in terms of like skill set and personality, he's five eight and two twenty five and runs like he's two fifty. Well, it seems like it's a good fit. Steelers need a third mm. running back. Put him on your list. He, he plays special teams at all, like in college, did he? Or return kicks and covered punts at uh, oh, the wow. Senior Bowl, and uh, also yeah. is a very good receiver. He is short, obviously. We covered that, but uh, yeah, check out his uh, highlights he's on not, YouTube. He's got some nice catches. He's not like Deuce Vaughn short though. Like, yeah, he could work. He's he's three eighths of an inch taller than Jalen Warren. There we go. So just like Jalen Warren's Afro height, basically. <laughs> there we go. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments with anything that we talked about, any questions for future shows, all that good stuff. It was a five-star review. If you're listening somewhere else, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.